Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, we've been doing a series called Selfless, and we're going to finish that series up this morning as the plan. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We've been talking about how to have more Jesus and less us in the new year, living selfless, giving of ourselves. So the first week we talked about how to make Jesus more in our life and less of us. We talked about being selfless through the way that we serve others. Last week we talked about being selfless in the way that we give. And today we're going to talk about how to be selfless through gratitude, being grateful. And... uh, I, one of my favorite stories, you probably heard me tell it, but um, there was a, a young Marine and his commanding officer, they were headed on a recruiting, uh, recruiting mission, so they were riding a train up in New England, and they were sitting across, you know, the, the seats kind of face one another, and uh, so the young Marine was here, his commanding officer was here, and then there was a young girl and her mother sitting across from him, and you could tell there was a little bit of a spark between the, the young Marine and the young girl, they were kind of doing a little flirty eye thing. Well, they went into a long tunnel, and it got really, really dark, and all of a sudden they heard a kiss, and they heard a really loud slap, and they come out of the tunnel, and uh, the grandma or the mom was like, wow, that, that was really brave of that guy to, to kiss my daughter, but I'm really glad she slapped him, and the commanding officer's like, man, I, uh, I, I'm really proud of the guy for taking initiative to kiss her, but I wish they hadn't missed and slapped me, <laughs> and the young girl said, man, I, I'm really glad he kissed me, I wish my mom hadn't slapped him, and the young Marine's like, this is the best day ever. It's like, I get to kiss a pretty girl and slap my officer all at the same time. He was grateful and he took an opportunity, didn't he? Um, I don't recommend that, but it might work. So today we're going to talk about how to take opportunities to live out a life of gratitude. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Paul tells us this. He said, whenever... Whether, whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for what? The glory of God. He's saying, whatever you do in this life, do it with the glory of God in mind. That means when you work your normal, everyday job, do it as what? You're doing it for the Lord, right? When you go to school, when you serve on your team, when you, when you do whatever it is you're doing, do it for the glory of God and do it with gratitude, do it with gratitude. So we're going to talk today about how to live out gratitude. And so the first thing we see is, is we need to be grateful for our redemption. We need to be grateful for our redemption. We need to be grateful for the fact that Jesus redeemed us, that Jesus changed us, right? So the fact that we're redeemed should, be, should change the way that we see ourselves. The fact that we're redeemed should change the way that we see ourselves, Right? We don't just see ourselves as just people. We see ourselves as people who were redeemed. And redeemed means that we weren't just liberated, but we were bought. We were paid for, right? The fact that we were purchased should change the way that we see ourselves. I love this passage in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6. It says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people wouldn't be willing to die for an upright person. Someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Now listen to this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Guys, that should change the way that we see ourselves. Now, I I don't know about you, but I know myself. I know what's inside of me, right? And I know there's not a whole lot of good in there. Because I don't know about you, but when I have the choice between doing right and wrong, what am I always tempted to do? The wrong, right? Right, wrong. I just confused myself. We have this sinful nature inside of us, but Jesus died for us even when we were sinners. And that relationship with Christ changes us. It makes us new. It gives us the power to do the right thing. It gives us the opportunity. It changes the way that we are redeemed. And it says that he bought us back. And he calls us what? Friends. He calls us friends of God. So we need to change the way that we look at ourselves. Don't look at ourselves anymore just as, oh, I'm a horrible person. No, I'm someone that Jesus died for. I'm someone that Jesus calls friend. And he bought us. And so that, that word redeemed means that we were almost like bought back from a ransom. Because we were, right? We had all sinned, and sin brings punishment. We should all die because of that. But Jesus stepped in and paid the price for us with his own life. And he did it for a purpose. It says we were redeemed for a purpose. We were redeemed for a reason. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So Jesus purchased you back. He purchased me back, and he did it not just because he loves us, but because he has a plan for us. So again, that should change the way that we live. I can live more selfless and less selfish because he has a purpose for my life, because he has something for me. And it doesn't matter what age we are. He still has something we can do. He has a purpose for us. You matter because Jesus calls you friend. You know, you weren't, you weren't just bought as like kind of a group package deal, right? Jesus didn't have a group on and, and got you involved, right? He bought you because he loves you and he has a purpose for you. You were created for this. And we were redeemed at a high price. What was the cost? The blood of Jesus. Listen to this verse in 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, You know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it wasn't paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was with the precious blood of Christ. Hmm. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he's been revealed for your sake. So guys, I know so many of us, we hear these voices all the time that say we're not worth anything. If you don't have this, if you don't have that, you're not worthy. We have these voices that tell us, and sometimes it's our own voice, you're not good enough. You ever hear that? You're never going to be good enough. You're not from the right family. You're not from the right country. You're not from the right place. You don't have the athletic ability. You don't have the intelligence. Jesus paid for you with his life to save you from that emptiness, to save you from that life. So that should change the way that we see ourselves. And in turn, that should change the way that we live our lives. 
We can be more selfless because we were purchased at a price. So we need to live with gratitude. And so when Jesus asks us to do something, it's saying, oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm grateful. You guys ever rescue a dog? You ever have a, get a rescue puppy? <laughs> we got one. Last December, somebody found a, a little one-month-old puppy on the side of the road, and the shelter called and said, hey, would, would you want this dog? And we're like, sure, we'll take her. <sighs> I forgot what it's like to have a puppy. I have an old dog. So sometimes I'll hold her and say, I rescued you. Stop eating my stuff, right? I quit. You should be grateful, right? And she just does it anyway. But Jesus did that for us. He rescued us. So we can live with gratitude. That gratitude should change how we live. And gratitude helps us to live with thankfulness. One of the ways we, we thank him is by living a life of thankfulness. Rob Ketterling said, gratitude grows generosity. In other words, when I'm grateful, I'm willing to do things for Jesus. I'm willing to give things for Jesus because he saved me. So I need to be, I need to be grateful and be willing to share my time my talents, my abilities, the things God has given me, my family. So we need to live with, with thankfulness. And then the big thing I want to hit on today is we need to live with intentionality. Being grateful helps me live intentionally. Well, what does that mean? Guys, so many of us just kind of drift through life, don't we? We're just trying to make it to the next day. <laughs> I, just, I just need to make it to what? Friday, right? If I can just make it to Friday, I don't have to deal with these kids at school anymore. If I can, that's teachers saying that sometimes. If I, if I can just make it to Friday, I don't have to deal with my coworkers anymore. I can do what I want. But we need to live with this intentional life, looking for opportunities to live out this grateful life, to live out this selfless life. I love this passage that we find in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15, Paul says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. We need to look for opportunities to, to share Jesus. We need to look for opportunities to live out this grateful, selfless life. And, and so, you know, sometimes... We have to live this, this thing that we have, and it, it's so easy to think, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor. What I do doesn't really matter. I, I'm not a missionary, so what I do doesn't really matter. But God has each of us right where he wants us. And he puts us there for a reason. You might be a stay-at-home mom. God has got you raising a godly family. You might be a teacher in the schools. God has you there to influence students. You may, you may be in the most godless office environment in the world, but God has you there. You might be in a place where, where you're the only Christian in your workplace, and Jesus has you there to be a light. So we have to live this selfless life intentionally. I found this incredible quote by Craig Groeschel. He says this, You say in this moment, at this time, even though it may not be incredibly sexy from the outside, I'm doing it with integrity, with purity of heart, with the heart of a servant, and I'm declaring that this task is now for the glory of God. And when you live this way, suddenly you wake up and you start to realize, wow, maybe the work is the reward. Maybe the prize is in the process. 
In everyday life, when you're grinding it out, doing normal things, you can say, I can be grateful. I can be grateful in the middle of the grind. In other words, doing that day-to-day life, instead of just trying to survive, maybe we can live that with intentionality and say, God, use me. God, use me in the, in the daily. Use me in this sometimes boring job that I do. Use me in this. Help me to see this as an opportunity to live out that gratitude and to be intentional. So, guys, sometimes we, we look for the big, right? We look for the big jobs. We look for the big opportunities. And we never know what small thing we do is going to have an eternal impact. It could be you being nice to that person everyone else is making fun of. And they say, well, I want what they have. It might be you treating someone with respect even they don't treat you that way. And that opens their eyes to Jesus. It could be you giving sacrificially, you know, instead of getting that $5 mocha, I'm going to give that to speed the light or to missions so that someone else can hear about Christ. And that could be the thing that changes their world. You never, ever know. I remember when I, when I first went to, to youth group, I was raised and, you know, my parents had gone to church and then they quit. They knew Jesus and they walked away. And, and so I hadn't been raised in church. And I, I had these friends at school, these people I knew that they were different from other people. And I said, I really want that. I want to figure out what that is. So I went to church, and I was this scrawny little geeky guy that didn't have many friends. And, and these youth leaders came, and they, they took me in. And these, these high school kids came over and said, hey, why don't you sit with us? And it was that kindness to this outsider that, that made me say, I want that. I want to live different than I am. I want to live with hope. I want to live that. I'd, I'd honestly gone to, to follow a girl. I thought maybe I could talk to her at church, and that didn't work out. But I found Jesus, which is way better, right? It was not Amy. It was, I didn't meet her till later. God knew what I needed. But it was that kindness in those people living with intentionality that brought me to Christ. And who knows how God may use you? Who knows how God may use us in those moments? So we need to live with intentionality, and then we need to live with joy. When we live with purpose, there's a joy that comes with that. And joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is not dependent on how I feel that day. Joy is knowing that I'm with Christ and everything's going to be okay because I'm with Christ. So what am I trying to say in all this? If we want to live selfless, if we want to have more Jesus in our lives and less us, one of the ways to do that is living with gratitude, saying, Lord, I am grateful for what you've done in me. I'm grateful that you sacrificed, you redeemed me from that life I was living. And, you know, we, we talked with our, our small group last week. We have the high school kids in our, our life group, and we said, you know, some of these kids, they said, you don't have that big testimony that other kids in school have. You know, I was, I was a drug addict, or I was a, in human trafficking, or I was in this, and, and Jesus brought me back. And sometimes we feel like we may not have much of a story, but that is your testimony. Some of you have not had to, to come out of that rough life because God protected you from those things. And that's your testimony. I, I never had to go through that because of what Jesus did in me. And because of that, I'm going to live with intentionality. Because of that, I'm going to live with gratitude. Because of that, I'm going to live selfless. I'm going to give him myself so others can find him. And that's a great testimony. I'm glad my kids don't have to experience what I experienced. You know, I'm glad that they don't have to go through that stuff. 
because of what Jesus has done. And we can live with joy because of that. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, when you have Jesus in your life, these things come out. And one of those is joy. One of those is peace. So those things come out of us when we have this relationship with Christ. And when we live this grateful, intentional life, those things come out. So, so I know some of you are saying, yeah, I, I want to do that. I want to live with this gratitude. I want to live with this selfless attitude. I want to give of myself. But how in the world do I do that in everyday life? Well, let's talk about it a little bit. What are some practical barriers to living a grateful life? Well, <laughs> we are Americans. We are living in America. And so one of those barriers is comfort. Being comfortable can sometimes be a barrier to being grateful. What do you mean? What are we looking for? We're always looking for the next thing, right? You know, I, I have this nice house, but my neighbor has a bigger house. So I think maybe I need a bigger, nicer house. Or have you ever, you ever done this? You ever had a, you remember that first car you drove? A lot of us had those crank windows. Remember those? And then you said, man, I really like a car where I could just push the button and the windows would go up and down. You know, I, I really need that. We have a $400,000 fire truck that still has crank windows in it. <laughs> really? You couldn't, you know, you couldn't, but I think you have to order them with cranks anymore. But, you know, we wanted that power, you know, and then, and then we had the, the car with the manual locks. You had to reach across and open up the passenger door for that person. Like, I would really like to have those power locks. And then we need keyless because, you know, it's really dumb to have to turn a key in the door to get that, right? So then I need to upgrade. And then, and then once you get that, my butt's really cold. I need heated seats. You know, I need that. I, I need a heated seat. I need to upgrade my car so I can, ha I can have a warm body on the way to work, right? I, I need, I need, and it, it's that, isn't it? What does it do? It distracts us. Sometimes wanting to be comfortable can distract us from what God is doing. It, it's almost like the enemy just dangles this carrot in front of us, and we keep chasing that carrot. We're never going to get there. But it distracts us from doing what, what God wants us to do. It distracts us from living that, that grateful life. The desire for comfort can override our commitment to living selfless. So just, just take it now. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I love my seat warmers. You know, I have a bad bag. It feels really good on the, you know, that's my excuse, right? So we, we love those things. But don't let the comfort override your commitment to live selflessly. And then distractions. Distractions can be a barrier. What do I mean by that? Sometimes our hobbies can be a distraction. Sometimes sports can be a distraction from us. Sometimes, sometimes our job. Sometimes relationships can be a distraction. Sometimes those things that look so good on the outside can distract us from living this grateful, intentional, selfless life. Sometimes, you know, we, we have all these things that we, we start running after and we get off track. There's a great story about a, there's a guy sitting on his back porch and had his grandson there with them, and they're watching his dog playing in the yard, and they lived out in the country. And all of a sudden, the dog caught scent of a rabbit, and it just took off after it, right? And he's running, and then he, all of a sudden, they hear these other barks, and these other dogs start coming, and they're chasing the dog who's chasing the rabbit, right? 
And eventually the other dogs kind of tired out and quit. But the farmer's dog kept going after it. And the kid said, why? Grandpa, why did the other dogs quit chasing him, but the other one didn't? And he said, the first one is the only one who actually saw the rabbit. He knew what he was chasing after. The others are just chasing after the excitement. And they got bored. Sometimes, guys, we can allow other stuff to distract us from this intentional, grateful life, this selfless life. We start chasing these other things, and we forget what we're here for. We forget what the main thing is. You know, the main thing, I want to honor Jesus with my life. I want to, I want to live a selfless life. I want to honor him with my talents and my finances and my, my lifestyle and all these things. And we get distracted. We get distracted. So, and then lastly, entitlement can be a barrier. What do I mean by entitlement? How many of us know someone who quit following Jesus because they went through a hardship? And we somehow think that because I follow Jesus, I should never have difficulties in this world. And, and if I have a difficulty, then, then this God thing really doesn't work. But what do you realize? Whether we're following Jesus or not, we're still going to have hardships. We live in a broken world that's full of what? Sin. And because of that, we can, we can get distracted. But I would much rather go through a hardship with Jesus than without. But this entitlement sometimes... Um, we get, sometimes we get self-absorbed, don't we? I, I deserve a nicer vehicle. I deserve a nicer house. I deserve all these things. And, and we get distracted from following Christ. And so when those things come, we, we become self-absorbed and we become less self-less and more self-ish. So I just want to challenge us this morning to live this selfless life with gratitude. Live this selfless life being grateful. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll come up this morning and we're going to take some time to pray this morning. So I don't know what God has been speaking to you about today, what things that we forget to be selfless about things we, we forget to be grateful for. But I'm just going to ask you to stand this morning if you're able, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much this morning that, yeah, we're needy people, but we are a grateful people. Lord, you've done so much in us. Lord, you, you changed our lives in so many ways, and we're so thankful for that. And Lord, forgive us that sometimes we forget to live gratefully. It's so easy to forget that we've been redeemed. It's so easy to forget that you died so that we, we could have this life. Lord, it's easy to forget that you've given us so much. And Lord, we, we acknowledge this morning, we need your help to live gratefully so that we can live selflessly. Lord, we need your help in this, so please help us. Lord, help us not to get distracted by comfort. Help us not to get distracted by things in this life, our hobbies, our occupations, our relationships. Lord, help us to live intentionally.